All right, I'm sitting here with my friend Roger today. Roger and I went on a adventure looking for interesting homes throughout Boulder County. Um, and so we're sitting in what I think would be called a farmette-ish, right? Mm -hmm. um, how, how many acres? 1.5. 1.5 acres with a bunch of outbuildings. We're in the western, central western side of Longmont looking at the front range mountains which is just unbelievable with long peak is like directly in front of me so um you like it here i love it here yeah 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 most people do most people do and if they move away they come back so i like to start these things off just kind of asking questions to get to understand you and your background a lot of this i already know but i'm going to mm -hmm. ask it for those those who are listening so um i know you come to us from north carolina correct but um is that where you grew up no i grew up in the central valley of california oh okay that i didn't know and then went in the military in 1972 and then all over the place okay and in the military you oh Flew. I flew fixed wing and helicopters. All right. Which took you into a career of flying. Correct. Which was? 28 years in the military. Okay. Living in uh, Texas, West Texas, which you don't need to go see. <laughs> I've been. I've been. Lots of tumbleweed. Lots of tumbleweed. Um, then three years in England. And then three years in Sacramento, California. Three years at... Scott Air Force Base in Illinois, outside of St. Louis, and then 14 years at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Okay, and that's where you kind of grew some roots and raised kids. And Right. The kids went through elementary, junior high school, high school, college, while we were all in Fayetteville. All right. Cool. And then went to FedEx, spent a year in Memphis, decided that wasn't a place we wanted to be, and then moved to the mountains of North Carolina outside of Asheville, where I still have the home. Okay, but you were flying for more than a year for FedEx. I flew for 14 years for 14. FedEx. Okay, and that was just like cargo planes of, of envelopes and boxes? Uh, our passengers didn't complain. Yeah. So, yep, all boxes. <laughs> well, maybe they complained and leaked or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> On a few of them, and that got us in big trouble. Yeah. So tell us, tell us something about flying for FedEx that you would just never know. Like, what, what would we not even think of in that world well you become a vampire because you fly on the back side of the clock typical mission would be you show up at three o'clock in the morning you go fly at four four thirty you land someplace at six seven o'clock in the morning limo takes you to the hotel you sleep until as long as you can you show up again at eight o'clock that night and fly back to Memphis and then do it all over again. And it was always the same route for you? No, it was constantly changing. Con okay. But for me, I was a junior guy. Okay. So it was constantly changing. Yeah. What I blame my sleep problems on now is FedEx because you never got more than about four or five hours of sleep between flying, going to the hotel, getting up to show again. Yeah. So it was kind of tough to turn your body clock back around when you got done. Yeah. So are, are FedEx pilots kind of like the heroes? Like, I mean, if you look at an airline, right, like the pilots are the, the, the top of the chain, right? Well, yeah. Uh, they're the pilot to blame is what I used to call it. Because as a captain, you're responsible no matter what happens. Yeah. So everybody's asking you the questions, including the guys that load the cans and the refuelers and all that. Yeah. 
which is kind of fun. But again, you're the pilot to blame. So if somebody else screws up, they ask you about it. Right. So that, but with FedEx, it was different since we didn't have passengers on board. So it's not like a commercial airline where the passengers get on and they're all in semi awe of the guys up front. Right. All of us were ex-military guys. Yeah. We knew what was going on. And most of us, we call them uh, cargo dogs. We were just all tired, trying to get her stay awake, yeah. so we could get to the hotel. Yeah. So what what was the Tom Hanks movie? That was that was FedEx. FedEx, right. right? So was that that was while you were doing it, I guess, right? That movie came out about six six months after I got hired. Okay. <laughs> and my wife looked at that and looked at me and said, "What have you done to yourself?" <laughs> But I don't. I didn't fly overseas. I didn't do the route that he was on going yeah. to Asia. I didn't do that kind of stuff. Yeah. But the rest of it was pretty accurate okay. about the timing. They yeah. really did have a clock running all the time. You had to get airborne within 15 minutes of your planned departure time, or they wanted to know why. Yeah, so it was kind of strict on yeah. timing. Well, and then and my my take on FedEx from from the advertising world was the. FedEx commercials that won a lot of awards back then or mm-hmm. like when it absolutely has to be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. And they, they pushed it that way too. Yeah. If you couldn't make it in, they tried everything possible to get you there. In fact, the joke was, I don't know why we're checking the weather. We're going anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they really did push it to get packages on yeah. time. Do those, do those planes follow the same FAA regulations that a? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. yeah. So you can't fly if they can't fly. Right. But the airplanes I was flying, um, first airplane I flew was a 727, older model. And there you had to have, at 50 feet, you had to be able to see the runway, which when you're doing about 150 miles an hour, comes real quick. And the last airplane I flew was a 757. That one you could land and not even see the runway. Yeah. The instrument systems an autopilot would land it for you yeah. and you didn't have to see the runway to land. I, I feel like on a commercial flight, you can always tell when the pilot is actually flying yes. and when the computer is flying. Yes, <laughs> that's that's very true. Yeah. The computer makes a lot better landing than you do yeah. most of the time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. All right, so um, to paint a little, a little picture, a little color, like so growing up uh, in California, what, what was your neighborhood like? What, because, you know, the Front Range is, is pretty diverse. You have mm-hmm. these ranches, uh, little farmettes that are, you know, mm-hmm. more uh, original to, to the, the farming and, and that kind of stuff here. And then, you know, the newer super mod, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what was your neighborhood like? My, I grew up in Modesto, California, 75 miles south of Sacramento. In the city, the house I grew up in was built in 1946. We moved in in 1957, and it was a two-story, one-bath house Mm -hmm. that my father put a second story on for two more bedrooms because there was five of us boys all two years apart. Yeah. So we had a full household. With one bathroom. With one bathroom. Did he add a bathroom when he put? He added a bathroom upstairs. So we wound up with four bedrooms and one bath. The big boys got to stay upstairs. The little boys had to stay downstairs. Yeah. So you all survived then? We all survived. We were all two years apart. And we had a a big driveway. So we played baseball in the summertime. Played um, 
football in the street. Yeah. We had basketball court out back. So we were very outside type of guys. Yeah. And from where we were in Central Valley, every summer we'd go backpacking in the Sierras. Yeah. And the nice thing was you could go snow skiing in the morning and then in the afternoon come back down to the valley and go uh, water skiing. Love it. Love it. And then we were about 90 miles away from San Francisco. So whenever we wanted, we could drive into San Francisco in an hour and a half. Did you spend time in San Francisco as a young adult? Not a whole lot no. because we're the town that I moved into when we were there, there was more churches than there were bars. Okay. And all around us were peach orchards at the time. Yeah. And with California, they had five peach districts and at the time, and those five districts produced more peaches than the rest of the world. And the district I was in had more peaches than the other four combined. When I think of peaches, I don't think California. Central Valley, California was the hub for peaches up until about uh, mid-70s to 80s. Then it all switched over to almonds and and others. But the largest warehouse in the world, uh, Del Monte, was there in Modesto. All right, yes. Okay. All right. Cool. So... um... The, the home, I mean, you added more to it, but was it like big? So it's interesting. No. So the other day I'm out with newer clients, they're younger and they're looking, you know, they, they have a budget um, and we're looking at some fairly established neighborhoods, but the houses are really small and they don't mm-hmm. even have kids yet, but they're thinking that way. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I don't know how people lived in these tiny little split level, tiny little three bedroom, two bath you know, maybe one and a half bath homes, um, which explains why people do renovations and, and expand and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it, it's interesting. Like the house I grew up in, I think felt big when I was little, but I, I was back oh, about 12 years ago. My sister and I knocked on the door and walked mm-hmm. through and we were like, wow, this is little. <laughs> Everything's bigger when you're small. <laughs> right. The house we moved into was first shaped like a U and I would dare say it maybe had a thousand square feet. Yeah. And then in the U inside of it was a patio, and my dad enclosed that. So that was a living room we all lived in. Yeah. And then he added the two upstairs. But even with that, I would say maybe 1,500 feet yeah. max. Yeah. And yet, once you get used to it, yeah. it doesn't matter. Right. Right. And my dad was a school teacher. Yeah. So he didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, other teachers would ask him, why don't you move out to the new section? He says, why? I'd rather spend my money with my kids. Mm-hmm. And we were outside all the time. Right. With other friends in the street. Yeah. So which, it was plenty big enough for us. Which kids are not really outside all the time anymore. No. Right? No. They're not. <laughs> my kids are certainly not. Yeah. yeah. No, they got new things to keep them interested in with computers and things like that. Yep. All we had every year, we'd get a new baseball glove, we'd get a new football, new yep. basketball, we'd be outside playing. Okay. And luckily the weather was good enough to do that. Yeah. 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 All right. So fast forward, you uh, did your, your time in the military and um, put in some roots in North Carolina, raised a family there. And then all of a sudden your kids decided they're moving to Colorado. <laughs> yeah, my daughter moved out here in uh, 2015. Yeah. Her husband got a job at Medtronic okay. in Gun Barrel. Yeah. So they came out in 2015 and they were living in Atlanta at the time. Then my uh, son lived in Charlotte 
And in 2018, he decided to come out here without a job. Well, I take that back. He got a job at Denver. Yeah. But he had been out, him and his family had been out here two or three times beforehand to visit his sister, and they just love the place. And they love the outdoors. They love the outdoors. They're all, all of them are outdoor mountain biking, climbing, hiking, skiing. They just love it here. Yeah. And, and I should mention, I've met them all because we all went house hunting yes. together. Not yes. not always all the time all together, but a, quite a few times. So, mm-hmm. um, cool. So, and then I, now I'm trying to remember how you guys found me. And I think it was that Christy had found me through probably Zillow. Christy found you on the house that was on 287, kind of out in the country. Yes. but It that, had the downstairs all torn apart. Right. And she got your name off of the for sale sign. Um, no, that wouldn't have been my listing. Well, we, that's where you and I met was at, a, was at that house. Okay. And Christy found you. Yeah. I, I believe she yeah. had called me on that house, like got connected to me through Zillow. Mm-hmm. And so. Probably. Yeah. Okay. And then we saw a whole bunch of just, <laughs> you know, so, you know, <laughs> for, for everyone listening, Ro- Rogers, Rogers, a guy of, of all trades, um, mm-hmm and has lots of tools and likes to tinker as Mm -hmm. I think and that's a quote I think Roger likes to tinker (laughs) is a quote um so he was looking for a specific house that is you know less about the house and more about the property and Mm -hmm. what he can do and so there's a ginormous do you call it a garage or a barn or well the shop with 1600 square feet yeah with all sorts of stuff that Mm -hmm. Should have been cleared out in a normal deal, and Roger's like, "Eh, have him leave it. I'll I'll tinker with it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it holds right now. It holds two cars, a motorcycle, yeah, a woodworking shop, and all kinds of tools in a pit. Yeah, to change oil in, in the pit. Yep. Yeah, the pit. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but you're still going back and forth to North Carolina. Still have the house in North Carolina because. Yeah. I have friends back there. I volunteer with Habitat, making making uh, houses. And as I tell people, when I'm there and I take a hike, I can see 50 feet. Here, when I take a hike, I see 50 miles. Yeah. So they're both beautiful, but in different ways. Very different ways, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and at any point, will you give one up for the other? Or? Oh, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll sell the house in North Carolina eventually. Okay. But since I don't have to, yeah. then, why, why do, do it? it? Okay. All right. Yeah. And you're going back and forth every, you said six weeks or so? About every six weeks or so okay. I'll go. It depends on what's going on here. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's talk about like the process. You So your kids coerced you into moving here. <laughs> Pretty which, much. Which is not <laughs> unusual. I mean, yeah. I, I, I was never successful with my family, although maybe I didn't try so hard. Well, my <laughs> Nathan moved out here with his family in August of 2008. Uh, August 2018, the beginning of August. Yep. And then my wife passed away about three weeks later. Right. And so my daughter and, and my son, Nathan, both came back. And after about a couple of weeks, they said, okay, Dad, get in the car. Let's go. So all three of us trucked out here. And for about a year, I was <laughs> staying in their basement. Yeah. I would spend a couple of weeks with one, a couple of weeks with the other. Then I'd fly back to North Carolina. And I'd come back again. And back and forth, and they finally said, you know, you need to buy a house. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And this house I kept coming back to. Yeah. Um, the location on Hover Street 
isn't the best. Right. But everything is close. Uh, with the bar, with the shop out back, Nathan had bought a Sprinter van, yeah. and he wanted some place to work on the Sprinter van. Yeah. And the shop, he can get in there with about an inch to clear on the door. Wow. So I'm sure that's one reason why he wanted this one. Plus, <laughs> I basically have a football field behind the shop that's yeah. wide open. Yeah. So the boys come out, and they ride their mountain bikes back there. We play baseball back there. Super cool. So it's a great place, and both my kids are 12.2 miles away. Yeah. So it takes me 20 minutes to get to either one. Yep. And it's nice they can call up and say, hey, I'm busy. Can you pick up the kids from school? And yeah, okay, I'll go get them. Yeah. So it's kind of fun. I've got my own privacy. Yep. So if I don't see them for a few days, that's okay. But if they need help or I need help, all I got to do is make a phone call and they're there within a half hour. Best of both worlds. Best of both worlds, yeah. you betcha. And then you can get away and go to North Carolina and not even have to deal with the phone calls. Yeah, well, I go back there. I don't have to deal with phone calls. I've got my, as I call them, psychological retirement tools back there. Yeah. So I've got a small airplane I fly around. Uh, I've got a motorcycle and a Mazda Miata that I right. keep the top down and drive through the Smoky Mountains. Yeah. So I got my play toys back there. I got my play toys here, and Lots I got my toys. kids here, so I can go back and forth and feel comfortable this either is, place. This is this is retirement dream. Yeah, you betcha. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. So let's talk about like real estate, because um, it's kind of kind of what I'm after here mm -hmm. a little bit. People's experiences in real estate and um, what it, what it was like for you. So clearly, you had moved around a lot. I mean, probably mostly military supported, right? Mm -hmm. So, but. Um, at some point you bought a house in North Carolina. Right. Um, what, so different here than North Carolina, probably because there's no attorneys involved. Well, when we bought the house in North Carolina in 2002, um, you're right. There was no attorney for closing, but that was it. Right. And, um, we shopped around a little bit, but, uh, we walked into the house I'm in now. My wife saw this huge stone fireplace and said, this is it. That's and the it. lady says, do you want to see the rest of the house? <laughs> so Sometimes it's that easy. Sometimes, sometimes it's that easy. Sometimes it's not. <laughs> yep. And out here, you and I went to a lot of houses. We saw a lot of houses, but we yeah. had a lot of fun doing it. We too. did. Yeah, so. we did. I got to admit, going up the Lions and seeing yep. and some houses where you just kind of shake your head like, what are they thinking? Yeah, how are people living here? Yes. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, a, that's a rough winner. That's a hard winner. Yes. Well, and that's what the kids said, um, that they're glad I live here because if some of the houses we looked at, if I didn't talk to them on the phone, they wouldn't know if I existed. Right. Because there's not that many people around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're and we're talking like much further north than downtown Lyons. So. Oh um, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. We're out in the out in the. Out in I the wouldn't sticks. say the country, but it isn't country. <laughs> out in the mountains. rocks. <laughs> yes, out in the rocks. Out in the rocks. That's right. All right. So do, I mean, do you remember what was the most stressful part of the process for you? Well, I wasn't that stressed mainly because I didn't need a house right away. Right. Because I had the luxury of the house in North Carolina and both my kids here that I could stay with, yeah. I wasn't stressed in time as if I had a job and I started the next week. Right. So that let us look at a lot of places that were just kind of, well, what do you think? Because this area is so much different than North Carolina. Yeah. It's yeah. more open. It's flat. 
where we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mountains are close. So it's a totally different area, and the housing is somewhat different too Yeah, because of that. Definitely takes the pressure off when there's not a clock ticking. So yeah, for a lot right. of people, they're, right. trying to, they're probably trying to sell something or they're trying to get out of a lease, and, mm-hmm. and then you know all of a sudden there's a clock mm-hmm. ticking. Um, yeah. And that's why my phone is continuously ringing because I have clients right. yeah. who have to be out of their house by the end of May. Right, right, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. And I didn't have to do that. So me, it was more laid back. In fact, most of the houses we went to, yeah. Christy and Heather found. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd say, okay, come on, let's go. You come with us, and we'd all go out together yeah. and check it out. Yeah, Christy was into it. She was oh. she was like, this one would work, this one would not work. And mm-hmm. yeah, so mm-hmm. she she had a vision for sure. Yeah, oh yeah, she knew where the boys were going to sleep. Yeah. And they spent the night with Gramps. Yeah. So yeah, she was more into it probably than I was. Yeah. But I was to the point of, you know, if it works, it works. If it yeah. doesn't work, it doesn't work. So then we found this house, mm-hmm. um, and you were you were in, mm-hmm. um, and then we had a couple hiccups. <laughs> yes, we did. So one one being the lending side. Mm-hmm. Um, Roger is uh, far more. Um, let's say what's the what's the word I'm looking for? Um, versed in lending than most. Uh, and I had the time to do it. At, right. Um, so I, he, he could sit in front of a computer and mm-hmm. make phone calls all day if he, mm-hmm. if he wanted to, which he did. Mm-hmm. Ended up getting pretty spectacular rates. And this is before, uh, so when we closed 2020? We, yes, we closed okay. 2020. Okay. And you and Nathan closed in the parking lot. Yes, as the pandemic hit, yes. uh, I was closing. And um, yeah, so Nathan, Roger's son, and I did a close, my first closing in a parking lot mm-hmm. um, with clip. Boards, plastic mm-hmm. gloves, and not masks. I don't think we were doing masks Mm-mm, yet. Not yet. Um, yeah. But you couldn't go in the building. We couldn't go into the building. Um, yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was interesting. So. <laughs> yeah, and I I wasn't here because my kids said, "Dad, don't come," because yeah. the pandemic was just starting. It, yeah. So I didn't show up for a month yep. after the closing. So we got you a power of attorney to sign, mm-hmm. and then Nathan was able to do it for you. And then the next day. Colorado changed their mind, so we didn't have to do that. Yes, yeah. So it was such a strange time, and I honestly like I should have like cheat a cheat sheet of like all the things, right? Because there were times where we couldn't even bring like a closing gift into a closing room, mm-hmm. and it was like I, mm-hmm. <laughs> certain different rules at different you know mm-hmm. title companies. Mm-hmm. Um, so was there? I mean, obviously from afar, that must have been a little challenging, like. Not you know you're closing on a house you have you're, you're signing your life yes. away and somebody's doing it for you yes. and you're kind of wondering what's going on. Was there anything that was like confusing that you? No, know, because just... you kept me so well versed on it, and while I was still here, because yep. I was here in February and didn't go back to North Carolina till beginning of March. So when all of this changing was going on which confused me a little bit because it seemed like every other day we got a new sheet from a real estate agent yeah. changing something yeah. along the way. So that was a little confusing. So changed. What do you mean changing? What was changing? Um, um, the water rights. Yes. We had to go back and forth on the water rights. Yeah. Um, the things they were going to fix on the house. Yes. You know, the, all those that were going to be so done talking about like the, clo- the transaction. Yeah. Transaction itself. So, you know, not a new house. There were definitely mm-hmm. things that were found in the inspection. There were mm-hmm. some things that the previous owners had done that weren't necessarily to code. <laughs> yes, they <laughs> Just were. Just a few things. 
Um, but we kind of got it all straightened mm-hmm. out, and, and they mm-hmm. were pretty good dealing dealing with it. Yeah. Um, I remember, I won't say names, but the listing agent was was challenging. Yes. Um, and you know, we got we got it done. And, and luckily, between you and me, we're so laid back that you would just say, "Well, okay, here's another one. Sign it, and off we went." You yeah. know, and we'd sign it electronically. Yep. So we wouldn't have to go person to person. Yep. So it, it worked out. It worked to out. me, it worked out okay. Yeah. It may have been more stressful for you than it was for me. Well, you know, sometimes for us, um, so, you know, I always tell clients, it's not, it's really not about me. As, as much as you might see me, I mean, I, I, I try not to show frustration, but I, but I get frustrated with deals mm-hmm. and it's, it's never necessarily like any individual's fault. It's mm-hmm. just like the process or the mm-hmm. things that come up that we have to deal with making sure that people understand what it is that they're up against, whether they want to move forward or not, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, I, I try to give as much and, and be as helpful as I can to get people through that. I think the things that we found here, which was like, you know, some of the sewer pipes in the crawl space needed to be redone. They mm-hmm. did that. Mm-hmm. They had some funky ejector pipe instead yep. of a actual lift station. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, but, you know. But it all worked out. It all worked out. And to me, from what I saw, it was a good deal. Yeah. When we finally got done with it, it was a good deal. I think and so. It had been listed for a really long time. It had. But, but you know, it's a unique property. Yes. It's not for everybody. Um, I, I wouldn't know what to do with that huge garage. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I could park cars in there, but, you know, that's, you know. Well, it's because it's on Hover Street. Yeah. That cut a lot of people out. Yep. Because it sometimes it's difficult getting in and out of here. Yeah. And you don't want little kids out front. Right. Uh, it has not only the shop, but it's got a studio back there that yep. I found out later somebody was actually living in. Oh. And it's got a um, little greenhouse, and below yep. the greenhouse is a hiding hole. And there's a root cellar. It's a root cellar. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So it had all kinds of, like you said, unique things to this property. Yeah that I'm sure a lot of people didn't want to deal with. Right. Especially if they're working because they don't have time like I do to go out and play. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was was kind of unique. And it was built in 65. And then from what I understand, the property just south of me was built in 1901. And the property just north of me was built in 1925. So was it split off from them? Was it one property originally? I'm sure the original farmer was in the 1901 and owned all this land around here. Right. Because the houses directly behind me were built about 15 years ago. Yeah. And the houses just north of me were built about two years ago. Right. Yeah, big development just north of here. And, mm-hmm. and I remember that being, and there's there's a row, you know, a football field away behind us, too, mm-hmm. um, was kind of a thing that we looked into with the yeah. Longmont planning was yeah. like, what, what else could be going on around here? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But luckily, with my property, it's in the middle of the other two. Yeah. Now, the, one, the other two are renters. The guys own the property, but they're renting the houses out. So mm-hmm. I'm the only one that is living here. But I know the guy south of me, he's making a good deal out of it, so he's not going to sell his. Yeah, and that's, that's across the board in Boulder County. I mm-hmm. mean, people who have owned property for a long time basically own it out right now. Mm-hmm. Property taxes are, you know, they're, they're climbing, but they're sure. relatively low compared to, you know, the Midwest and mm-hmm. the, the East Coast and West Coast oh, property yeah. taxes. Um, yeah. So it's, it's just, you know, income. It's cash sure. flow. It's cash flow. So, uh, and building equity. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, these properties were probably less than $50,000 originally. Well, 
talking equity, mine's gone up 50% in the yeah. since the basically three years I've lived here. Yeah. Yeah. Now, again. Well, if you ever want to sell it, I know a guy. Yeah, yeah, you know a guy. <laughs> but like we say, if property value goes up, who cares? Yeah. If you don't sell it, yeah. it doesn't means absolutely nothing to you. Yeah. And what's interesting throughout this, you know, this last six or eight months of whatever is happening with the economy that mm -hmm. nobody really can even put a label on yet. When we look at a graph showing values in, in mm -hmm. on the front range, um, you really have to zoom in to see any kind of down dip. Mm -hmm. So while there have been little little dips, and mm -hmm. I'm saying really, really little dips, you have to look really carefully for them. Yeah. Otherwise, if you just zoom out, like it's just a, a, a ladder. Yeah, it's just going up. Yeah. This one has dropped a little bit in the last two or three months. Yeah, but, but that, again, you know, you're just looking at, you know, aggregators right. with, with, you know, algorithms that they don't know. Well, and as we found out with this house, if the house doesn't meet the buyer's expectations they're not going to buy it i right. don't care what the price is they're just not going to take but it. if it does meet their expectations they They'll might be go. willing to overpay yes exactly <laughs> and, and wave appraisal yep. gaps and and all sorts mm -hmm. of things yeah. yeah all right but so, again if you move you can't come back right so if you're going to sell your house you better leave the area well yeah i mean yes I, i've moved around boulder quite a bit so mm -hmm. there there are strategic ways of yeah, but you things. have an advantage. I do have an advantage. Yes. <laughs> many, many, many years of, of doing it mm -hmm. um, and, and vision. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I do what I do. So sure. not everybody has that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not everybody likes it. Not everybody has the time or the talent to do that. Yep. Yep. Uh, so if, if there is one thing that you could warn buyers or sellers about... And it, maybe it's specific to this property. Maybe it's just the process. Maybe it's your uh, wisdom. Like, what is it that, you know, the one thing that you would leave people to understand uh, that they should just be mindful of? Well, with, just like with the rest of life, it's slow down and take your time and be prepared for changes. Because me, I was lucky because like we talked about, I didn't have a job, so I didn't have to move. Yeah. So I had the time to sit back and think about it and not jump on the first one that looked good. Because yep. there was a couple of houses when we first moved out that I said, yeah, this will work. Mm -hmm. And then you get home and you go, you know, maybe that one is a little bit better. Something else will come up. Yep. And just have the, uh, I don't know, the feeling of if that one falls apart, then it wasn't meant to be. There's another one going to come around the corner. Yep. There will always be another one. Yes. It's just, but a lot of the time it does come down to timing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yes. is there anything else coming on this week? Will there be something mm -hmm. coming on next week? If we buy this and we get under contract, we, you know, really only have that first inspection period to back out of it. And then That's what right. if something better comes along? Exactly. You just have to like it enough to, yeah. to not have a buyer's remorse yeah. kind of attitude. Yeah. Because you and I took a lot, of, a lot of trips around here to look at this stuff. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't, hey, we need to do it tomorrow. Yeah. You want to do it the day after? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. What the heck? Well, and then, you know, when, when you find a property that's been sitting for a while, that's unique. Yeah. And you have that luxury. But, mm -hmm. you know, if you're looking for the same thing that everybody else is looking for, sometimes right. it's, right. you know, um, I'm, I'm the last one to try and put pressure on people. But I, I will say at times, you know, if you want this, you need to move now. Well, and it, in the end, it kind of what happened here, because if you remember that, agent called you and said somebody just looked at it and they're going to put an offer in 
I don't remember, but and and we get those calls all the time. Mm -hmm. So you know, the the general rule is we don't lie about having offers. Mm -hmm. um, we don't really inflate offers that we have, you mm -hmm. know. Um, but we we try to be fair with you know, like there's interest. Yes. Um, but they came and saw it, so there's interest. Mm -hmm. Like, to what degree was there interest? And that's the gray area. Well, yeah, and that's the gamble you take by saying, I want to wait. Yep, yep. I've seen many bluffs called mm -hmm. um, that have had, you know, positive outcomes. Mm -hmm. So, but I've also seen people miss out on things because they were they dragged their feet. Sure, so, sure. Yeah. All right, so in, in any given real estate transaction, there are lots of players. Mm -hmm. There's the... The, for you, there was the buyer's broker, me. Mm -hmm. There was the listing agent. Mm -hmm. There was the lender, um, a mm -hmm. multitude of lenders in this <laughs> situation. Um, there is the title company, which you didn't really deal with because you were not here, right. um, but maybe on the phone. Yeah. Uh, there was the inspector. Mm -hmm. There were people who were doing work. Um, of all these people, what, what, like, what function is just like, that is just a racket, like, or frustrating or complicated or not helpful well they you always wonder about the title company because you don't talk to them as much collecting all the paperwork and and doing that so you kind of when you see the list of everything that you have to pay for yep. you go why am i paying for that yep you know so and because you don't especially back then you wouldn't talk to them in person mm -hmm then everything was over the phone. So that was a, a little confusing. Yeah. Um, the rest of the stuff, the listing agent was kept changing. She was challenging. Challenging and, and changing things back and forth. But luckily, you and I are the type that'll say, okay, here's another change. Yeah. You yeah. know, take it and move on. Yeah. So that was, that was no problem. Um, I would advise people... <laughs> if they have the time to check out different mortgages mm -hmm. because mine started out at 4.5 was yep. the first one I got. I wound up at 2.75. Yeah. So I got a deal. I might have to bleep out these numbers. Okay. I, I won't, but I, if I, I mean, we're, we're pushing 7% right now. So, yes. So well, that, that hurts. That hurts a little bit, but. Well, and uh, then I refinanced a year later, got it down to two and a quarter and they paid me yes. almost $5,000 to do it. Right. So timing is everything on that. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. Catholic birth control. You can take yeah. that one out if you want, if, but it's timing is everything. If you'd like Roger's number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. The but it, so it pay anyway, I would advise people buying a home. It pays to check with different mortgage lenders. Yes. Not get one and stick with them. So I'll, t I'll touch on two things there. So the, the title company, which, you know, is confusing for people because some people don't fully understand like, okay, why am I paying closing fees? But the seller's paying for the title policy. Mm -hmm. Who's the title company and who whose mm -hmm. interest are they working in? So mm -hmm. the answer is that the closing fees, the transaction fees, are you paid as an administrative fee to the title company for processing the closing. Mm -hmm. There's a title policy that the seller pays that buys on the behalf of the buyer. Um, so that we know that this house is clear and there's nothing gonna, nobody's gonna come claim anything. Mm -hmm. um, the, but the, the closer at the title company is really a third party. They're, they are hired by the seller, um, but they are a third party intermediary. They're not working on anybody's behalf. So they are 
100% trusted. You can send your earnest money over there a week in advance and nobody can touch it unless you sign something saying that they can. So, um, but, you know, just the, the myths there, that's the, the basic there. And as far as lenders, um, and my, my lender friends may get a little, a little angry <laughs> at me for this one. Um, the lending game is complicated. You know, there's lots of regulations and so they are, and, and then they have to answer to their investors who are where the money is coming mm -hmm. from. Their hands are kind of tied. When you start to shop around for loans um, and you get what's called a truth in lending disclosure, which is really like your loan quote, mm -hmm. um, you can then share that with the lender that you really want to work with and see if they want to try and match it. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, a lot of cases they will, yes. but they can't do anything without it. Mm -hmm. So if you call one lender and they say, oh, they're going to get you this great rate, but they're not willing to give you a truth in lending disclosure, it's probably too good to be true. Correct. So it's just this game. And usually what we just say is, you know, do your shopping, do everything you can. Um, this didn't really apply to you, but try and make your decision before, you know, within the first few days of having a con being under contract mm -hmm. um, so that we're not wasting people's time. Right. Um, but, you know, when money's money and it's, it's their lending game, it's not your lending game. Uh, it's a game that you have to play. And the... the Probably the most complicated thing was trying to look between two um, closing documents. Yes. Because they call the same thing by different names sometimes. So yeah. trying to say which one is the better deal sometimes is pretty hard. Yeah. And some lenders will, they will they'll put zeros in for third party fees because mm -hmm. they don't know what those numbers are. A good lender will put in, uh, pad those numbers and tell you that they have done so. Right. The problem is most people don't understand what they're even talking about and they just say, okay. Yeah. Um, but the reality is all you're looking at is the, the, the lender fees and ultimately what your monthly payment's gonna be. But if you don't have all those third party numbers in there, your monthly payment's gonna be a lot less on paper than it will actually be. Correct. Because you'll have hazard insurance, mm -hmm. you'll have HOA fees if there's an HOA, mm -hmm. you'll have uh, personal mortgage insurance if you're not putting 20% down. Mm -hmm. uh, so there could be a myriad of other other fees that may get equated in that one lender's showing you and the other one's not. And Correct. that's why those numbers don't add up. Right. So anyway, mm -hmm. all right. I like to close things out with a couple fun questions. These can be, <laughs> these can be just you know one word answers or or more in depth, whatever whatever you like. Um, what is the favorite room of the house? In the winter time, it's the um, family room because yeah. it's got a fireplace right. with a wood burning stove in it. Yep. In the summertime is the living room because it's got a big fan that I can turn on full blast. <laughs> okay. Both of them have recliners and TVs. And both of them have views of the mountains. So, and both have yeah. views of the mountains. Right. Yep. Okay. Uh, what room will you never use? I don't think there's a room here in the house that I will never use. Okay. Because I'm, the boys, my grandsons, yep. they, they spend the night. Probably about every other week, mm -hmm. they'll come by and spend the night. So that's always getting used. Um, the one outbuilding I haven't used much, except for storage, is the studio that's out there, two-room right. studio out yeah. there. Okay. The rest of them I use pretty much every day. Yeah, good. All right. Um, what should a house smell like? Outside. It should smell like vegetation. Either with 
like they had before they blew over spruce trees <laughs> yeah. or cut grass or something like that. It, okay. ought to, it ought to smell like to me outside. Yeah, okay. Um, what home feature is overrated? And it doesn't have to be a feature that's here, but like what, what's, an, what's an overrated home feature that people say that they want and then they don't use it? Living rooms. <laughs> formal living room, Formal living rooms or a for, formal dining room. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm more, my house in North Carolina, and this one is more open. Yeah. So yeah. I really don't have a formal, like, dining room. Right. So that's probably the one that we, I wouldn't use much. And the house we had in uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina, had a formal dining room. Yeah. We'd use it two or three times a year, and that's right. about it. Yeah. You're like, I mean, as a, as a child, I remember, like, you weren't supposed to walk in there because you would leave imprints in the carpet, right? Like, <laughs> That's right. You had to have the vacuum yes. marks that were perfect. Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. All right. And then last question. Yeah. What's one feature that your house doesn't have that you wish it did? I haven't found one, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, this is an older house, but then again, I'm used to that. Yep. Um, so it doesn't have a lot of the new appliances and that kind of stuff, but it's just me. Yeah. And with it being just me, I don't have to worry about kids coming in and out, big loads of dishes all the time, yeah. things like that. So quite frankly, I can't think of anything that else that I would want in this house. Yeah. Perfect. I got a place for my office. I got a place for my computer. I got a place to work in the car without getting rained on. <laughs> so I, this house has pretty much everything. Happy customer. I'm a happy customer. All right. I'm not planning on moving. Yeah. Um, now, granted, if the kids decide to change and, <laughs> and they all bust out of town, that may change right. change things. But it doesn't seem like that's happening. It doesn't seem like that's happening because of the, there's so much outdoor activity you can do around here. Yeah. Walk down the road.